Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me Jake Anderson of Podcast Radio. I forgot. Uh, Podcast Marketing Radio. You Podcast <laughs> Marketing Radio. See, I <laughs> that's bad, um, but it's, it's all, all good, good because, you know, Jake's going to help us today with podcasting and a bunch of other stuff. But Jake, for people that don't know you, Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into podcasting and kind of this whole business entrepreneurship thing. Mm, gosh, it's been a long journey. I technically got started in entrepreneurship in 2008. So we're what, 13 years in now. Um, of course, some of those years were, I'd say the first four of those years were, were basically me just failing and trying to figure things out and doing a lot of things wrong and having a partnership that failed and just nothing but grenades dropping, dropping around me. And, and then all of a sudden in 2012, I figured some stuff out. I started an event lighting company and, uh, and it, and it took off. Um, I, I ran that company and when I say event lighting specifically, not like the big concerts and festivals, which is, which is like, it's a niche in itself. I mainly did lighting for like upscale weddings and mm -hmm. corporate celebrations. And we had like chandeliers and like all these fancy de decorative type stuff. It was more like a design for a room. So right. um, very niche down. Um, I had that business for, I mean, I started it like, well, I got started in 2010. I started the brand in 2012. I had a bad partnership that I had to get away from. Um, I ran that for, from 2012, I sold it uh, December 2nd, 2020. Um, it was a liquidated sale. And that uh, that was kind of the final exit, which was, which was unfortunate in some ways and fortunate in others. I want to, and this all kind of ties in the whole podcasting piece here. So it was unfortunate because I, you know, had grown this company. I, I had about 18 employees. I actually lived three hours from the business, mm -hmm. which that's not, I say that because, um, you know, that's a, I was out of the operations, like I, I wasn't in the, the, in the day-to-day -day anymore. I was actually in more of like the strategic visionary roles specifically yeah. with that company, which is, I think what, a, you know, most entrepreneurs aspire to, to, to reach towards. Now I will say this, just because you get there doesn't mean it's all sunshine and rainbows. Like right. there's definitely headaches and there's definitely challenges and, um, and it, and I was still in a dark place. So I wanted to exit, even though I was there, there was a lot that drove the, 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 the decision to exit that business, which I started that exit in 2019 and then going into 2020, you know, special event companies and COVID and pandemics don't really play well together. Right. So, yep. um, right in the middle of me selling, or I was almost about to sell, like, or sign a purchase agreement with this buyer. Like we were like a couple of days away from getting that all inked up and ready to go. And then the whole economy, like that's when all the shutdown started yep. happening. It was like middle of March Ooh. and through the deal off, the deal yeah. went <laughs> off the table. Uh, and, you know, fast forward for, into the December 2nd, 2020, um, I ended up, I basically gave the company away. I didn't take anything. Um, the only thing I took with me was like the little bit of cash I was in the bank and they took the assets and liabilities. It was a stock sale, but I, I think I got, it was like a hundred dollars is what I got because there had to be like some number for the stock price. And it started at 325,000. So wow. went from that to 100, you know, from the pandemic that put me in a really dark place. Um, yep. I was dealing with some, I was in the ring with some pretty, pretty strong demons during that time. I was very angry at the world. I was, um, oh gosh, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just, 
it was just tough. I mean, I, I felt like a failure. I felt uh, like I wasn't worthy. There was just all these like crazy emotions that were circulating. Um, I had been studying kind of like in the digital world, digital marketing world for a little bit, you know, kind of thinking like, what's the next chapter? I had done some podcasting, but I really like hit the pedal to the floor on podcasting when all this was going on because podcasting gave me this outlet to have conversations with people like Joe and people who are aspiring to do better in their life. And it made me feel more like there was some hope in that, you know, we know how it is. You surround yourself with like people that have strong mindsets and big visions and they're driven. It, 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 you absorb that you, um, it rubs off on you and, and it makes, so it was a kind of like a coping mechanism for me. And I just realized the power that had with network building. Um, I really got into listening to a lot of podcasts too, going on guests, you know, going on other podcast interviews. I just fell in love with the medium mm-hmm. and the content creation experience, probably more so than anything. Cause like, you know, posting stuff on social and stuff is fine and dandy, but it was all like, that was always like forced content for me to post on social podcast. Doesn't feel forced at all. It's like, right, I look you can just talk. Yeah. yeah. You just talk and just be you and tell your story and share and, and, and riff and, and it's fun and it doesn't feel like work at all. And I'm like, this is my medium. So I decided to own that and just dove as deep as I could into podcasting since that time. And, you know, once I exited the business and on December 2nd, um, that's when I really got more serious about finding ways to, really create like a business around it and, and actually be, take a bigger role in that space. So gotcha. in a nutshell, that's, that's me. That's my background. Yeah. No, no, that's good. And you, you mentioned a lot of different things I think entrepreneurs go through. So you started a business doing the lighting and you started mm-hmm. out and it had a huge evaluation. Things are going good. And then something you didn't realize was going to happen. COVID comes and it crushes it and you exit out and you go through that dark space. So before we get to the podcast and all, how did you, because I know a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and people deal with this. How did you get out of the dark space? I mean, did you like talk with people? Was there books? Was there a way that intrigues me because normally that's, Mm -hmm. how did you pivot from there? Um, it was, I think it was a combination of things. Uh, and I'll kind of start with a macro level view of it and then go down to a micro level. So macro level was having hope, really trying to stay as positive and hopeful about the next season. I knew I was like exiting a season in my life, um, rough exit, nonetheless, an exit. And I knew that this was not, this was temporary, you know, this wasn't here to last. So I focused mainly on instead of like the final chapter being this horror story that it is, I focused on, I was like, I'm just going to start reading the next chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why I got into podcasting too. I was like, this is the next chapter, like talking to these people, being around these people, like doing things in this space, like this is the next chapter. So rather than focusing so much on the problem or that I was going through, cause there were a lot of it was just out of my control. Right. That was a yeah. thing. Like I, I felt very out of control with that business. There were so many things 
this kind of goes back to a lot of stoicism and like a stoic way of thinking, like, you know, focus on the things you can control and not the things you can't because the things you can't control are just there. They're going to happen anyway. So you may as well just focus on the things you can control. So that was huge for me. Um, I was like, okay, I know. Cause there's a lot of things too. It wasn't, it was like, it wasn't just the pandemic. It was also, you know, I had taken money from the SBA for EIDL or the emergency, whatever that acronym stands for. Mm-hmm. They just like, it was, it was that loan basically is like, all right, you're going to take this money to help your business to survive. Well, the trade-off is we're going to put handcuffs on your business. So any decision you want to make has to get approved by the SC, SBA, which is already bottlenecking oh, and wow. has zero support. Yeah. So if you need, I mean, like things like if I wanted to move my office, I had to get approval from SBA. I didn't have any control over that. I mean, I, I'd sent letters. I always stayed on top wow. of it, but it was just, it, you know, they, they cost me a lot of money because I was burning capital all this time because I couldn't lay people off, you know, because they're for certain reasons. I couldn't, I couldn't do that piece. So anyway, I'm starting to kind of stray off here, but there was, again, there was a lot of things I couldn't control. That was just one of those metrics mm-hmm. that was creating a disaster, but it's like, I can only control so much of this. So rather than focusing on that, I just let that be, I did what I could with it. And then everything else was like, okay, we know this is going to end at some point. Let's keep our focus main as much as we can on what's the thing that is to come after right podcasting network building building these community building community online um that's the space that i wanted so that's really where i put most of my attention so that helped a lot that's like the macro piece right Mm -hmm. like that's like the big picture like i know i'm up on the mountain i can see you know out in the horizon and i know where things are going so i'm just going to keep focusing on that stuff and not the stuff down here that's just a horror show right that's the macro micro Micro is like, what can you do every day to keep yourself balanced? So it's like, you know, you're going to have moments where you get really stressed out or you don't feel very motivated and all the, 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 the pain around you just starts to latch onto you and it kind of sucks the life out. So it's like, how can you get past those? Like, those are like the little micro challenges that you come across every day or you know, you get that phone call and it just puts you in a bad mood. And one of those earlier today, actually, matter of fact, <laughs> I hear you. It, it happens. It definitely, it, it happens. I think that's just in life and business. And I like that you broke that down. You have a vision of where you're wanting to go. Maybe it was a fuzzy dream. It wasn't like set, but you said, Hey, I want to get into podcasting and mm-hmm. doing all this. And then though you still, even though you're an entrepreneur and had the business still had to go through the day to day this sucks. Sometimes life happens. It didn't go the way I wanted, but I'm going to keep focused and just moving forward a little bit by little bit by little bit. So what made you choose podcasting? How did you even go from lighting, which is a completely different industry in a lot of ways to, you know, podcasting? Well, before I did lighting, um, I was a financial analyst examining banking institutions as a regulator. So, um, I'm, I, I tend to, um, if I'm going to make a pivot, it's a hard pivot. <laughs> Banking, lighting, <laughs> yeah, that's three different yeah. things. <laughs> and in, in high school, I cleaned carpets for Stanley Steamer, which today is probably one of my favorite jobs I've ever had, by the way. Uh, but that's another story yeah. for another time. Well, funny you said that right out of high school, I worked for a steamer company cleaning carpet. So we could do that. Much. Yes. Oh my gosh. I've had so much fun with that job. I was, uh, anyway, yeah, it's, um, it was, it was fun. It was like, you're out and about and you're, you're different homes. It was, yep. was a physical side to it, but, uh, I, you know, I, I just have a tendency to, I'm very, um, 
I'm very open-minded to opportunity. Uh, I know that at a fundamental level, you know, there's certain skills that I always try to, to advance or to, to work on like, like big ones, like communication is huge. You know, uh, how you communicate, there's like, there's three ways I look at communication or like, like when you say something to somebody, there's, uh, there's, they, they, they hear what you say, right? Like in a podcast, people are listening to this. They're hearing what I say. And, but what does that mean? It's like, when I bring my voice up and I start talking like this versus when I bring my voice up and I start talking, like, it feels different. Like the feeling, the emotion, uh, then people, they see what you say. So if I say, this is video, I don't know if you do a video version, but that matter. Okay. So Joe's, Joe's looking at me right now. And I say, Joe, get out of the room. Or if I say, Joe, get out of the room, it feels different, right? Different yeah. emotion, how you communicate, you write the words you say, copywriting. Like, I'm always like trying to work on those skills of communication as much as I can. And I think that podcasting just scratched that itch for me where I was like, this is like this kind of communication that I have with people in this, in this medium is super aligned with me more than anything I have come across in such a long time mm-hmm. um, that I can remember it. So it, I found the passion for it. And it's like, as long as I can find the passion for it, learning the, learning the, the, how it all works together has always, has never been, I want to say it's never been a challenge for me, but if I love what it is, I'll figure it out. Right. Right. I will figure it out. If I love what it is, I will figure it out. You can learn just about anything. And even when I would hire people, you know, I, I was like, I know that I can teach you whatever you need to know. I just need to make sure you're the right person coming in here that you're willing to learn and you, you, you are connected with the brand and you represent, you reflect the values of the brand and, and, uh, and you have that drive and you have those characteristics. It's like, so I try to maintain those characteristics of who I am being driven, being passionate, um, being forward thinking, uh, having integrity with myself and what I do. Uh, and then everything else from there, you know, can be, can be learned, just learn skill. So maintaining my foundation um, has, has always been really critical to being able to shift from things like banking to lighting design for, you know, special events to now podcasting. And, you know, and then there's like a web three, which is kind of scratching the nerdy side of me and the financial mm-hmm. side of me a little bit, because it's like building creator economy. Um, is kind of starting to tie into this mix. So I just love to create and I, and I enjoy it. And I love connecting with people. And at this point in my life, I, that's what I want to do. That's where I want to put my attention. That's where I want to focus and it makes me happy. And so, yeah. No, I like that. I like that a lot. I actually got into podcasting because I do sales with talking to people and interacting with people. And then I had some friends say, Hey, can you come talk about this? And once I actually got on and started being on their shows, I'm like, that's pretty cool. I'd rather do it from this side and ask people questions and then I can learn things. So that yeah. whole communication thing came back there. You did mention something because I liked what you're doing. I train people on sales with this about the tone of your voice and changing it from getting softer to get them to lean into getting more demonstrative with your voice and all. That's like mm. a huge sales technique. You yeah. do it naturally, but and a lot of people don't even realize it. That whole communications thing is so important. So you mentioned web three I, or what was that? At the end, yeah, it's the uh, it's all the rage. <laughs> okay, so full disclosure, I've barely heard about it. So, what is what? What is this thing? 
Okay. So in full disclosure on my end, I'm still learning about it. I'm very much so I'm a newbie, but I'm actually doing pretty well in the space um, for being a newbie. Um, and I want to, and the more I learn about it, the more I fall in love with the idea of it, the more I buy into the macro belief of it. So basically um, web three. All right. Let me, let me to learn about what web three is. We got to talk about web one and two because yeah. there's the path here. So we are, we are going, we have been going through, but it's, it's accelerated. It's almost like the industrial revolution of our time, right? It's like a digital revolution that's happening where, you know, with web one, it was more about people could, this is like the times, like think like mid to late nineties, early two thousands before social media, right? When people mm -hmm. could go online and they could search for information, they can find websites, they can go to chat rooms, you know, and there could be some little bit of connecting. There's email, like, so now we got electronic mail. That's web one. So think like websites, mm -hmm. search engine, that email. Okay. Yep. Then social media came about. And now people like web two is basically people can collaborate. Uh, like, right. Like what we're doing right now, this is very much so a web two type activity getting on Facebook and building an audience and community on Facebook community, you know, connecting with people, building networks, like all the social media, YouTube, um, podcasting for that matter. That's all like your web to, um, kind of advancements in technology. Web three is all the blockchain stuff. It's crypto NFTs, mm -hmm. And which is funny being a bank examiner, like kind of really diving into this, I will tell you, um, I was probably, I would be the first one that when I would hear about this, that would tell you, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. I think it's ridiculous. I can't believe people even pay attention to it. Um, now that I've actually looked into it and I look at what creators are doing and I understand the utility behind it. Um, <laughs> it's like, now it's all I want to look into. I'm like blown away by the whole idea of it. Uh, there's actually, and I'm, I'm going to give you some examples because we all know what like, like it's like, well, why you're in podcasting? Like, what are you talking about cryptocurrency for? Like, what does that have to do with anything? It's, it's, it's the, it's like a, it's like a parallel economy that runs mm -hmm. with everything that you typically see every day. And the thing that really kind of gave me that epiphany or like moment of, oh my gosh, this is insane, was there was actually a specific podcast interview. Um, this was like a recent thing that really kind of took things over the edge. Um, when I started yield farming and staking, and I was like, wow, I'm like making more money doing this than anything I think I've ever done in my life. And it was like instantaneous. It just took me doing some research. That was like the first thing. I was like, wow, I can really do well financially here. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing was when I started re looking into like how this can all play within this economy that we're building. And like, why do we have all these altcoins? Why is there like thousands of coins? Like, you know, how, how in the world is somebody going to keep up with all that? Like none of it made sense to me. And then there was a podcast episode I listened to. And it was a guy named Gary Henderson and Gary had created, um, he has like a community. He's got like a clubhouse room. He's got, uh, you know, coaching and consulting, you know, kind of that coach consultant. I got a community. I'm a thought leader. I'm a published author kind of doing mm -hmm. all those things. Well, 
you if you want to like if you want to hire Gary, you can't pay him money. Like the only way you can pay him, he has this Gary coin, which is kind of funny. It's like Gary coin. It's like wow. $20 a coin. That's the only thing he'll accept. And I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder why. Like, how does that work? Well, if you go and you look up, if you go to Gary, I'm promoting Gary here, but 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 just to kind of pull things together. And I think you, if you're listening, like and you really want to learn, like, go look at this and this will kind of start tying things together. Mm-hmm. Crypto needs to have utility for it to have any any value really like right. like there's like all the little meme coins out there but like this is an example of like something having utility and value so for for gary he's got his whole ecosystem and if you want to be part of it you just buy gary coin and it's an asset it holds value it's fact that right now it's 22 dollars a coin so i listen to this podcast and it's like gary.club forward slash coin and i mm-hmm. see where i can buy his gary coin at $20 a coin. And I'll scroll down a little bit and I see, oh, well, these are things I get access to depending on how many coins I hold. So if I hold five of these coins, uh, then I get to be, I, I get access to private channels in this discord. And every day, every morning he does coffee with Gary and I get to be part of that. Because and, you have five Because uh, I have five coins, because I bought into his ecosystem. So because I own five of these coins, this is his asset that he's created, Mm -hmm. then I get to be part of it. And the value, when you have it set up like that, where the utility is driven by rewarding people and creating incentives for people to buy into basically your community ecosystem and buying these assets, you'll see the price go up. So to be able to determine the, the actual validity or the performance of the communities, you can actually look at the price. It's a feedback loop. So if the price is going up, that means more people are buying into Gary coin. That means there's more uh, 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 people that are happy with it. If they're happy with it, there's more investment that's happening. But this is the thing that really, I think, like kind of broke my mind with it was he was like, listen, he's like, if somebody wants to like get access to my stuff, they buy the Gary coin. And because I'm a coin holder, I can stake it. I can, you know, uh, turn it into or, or, or use it as, a, as an asset to reproduce um, money for me to, to, to make a living off of, right? Like, because you're like, okay, well, how do I actually make a living off this? How do I create, yeah. you know, some kind of a paycheck out of it? Um, and everybody has different reasons or purposes, you know, some people might just hold on to it, but you can also cash it in. Um, but the thing is, is with this, it's like if for me, like I bought five Gary coins, like 120 bucks. Now I get access to all this stuff. But if I gave him $120, that is gone. Like $120 is gone. It's mm-hmm. it's to him. I don't see it anymore. I bought an asset. So if I want to get out of his ecosystem, I just sell my Gary coin and go on and move on to something else. Um, so, so- before we dig there, because I you, I got a bunch of questions in my head, so I, wanna, yeah. I just want to make sure. So, this is almost like he's making his own monetary system, but giving you value to where you can get into his ecosphere if you own these coins. If you decide to sell them, whatever value you're there at at that point, that's what you get. Is, am I understanding you correctly there? Yeah, and it's it's it can be you can when you really dig down into the technical aspects of it, it can get a little bit complicated if it's something you're not familiar with and you don't really understand. How how like the blockchain works and how tokenomics work. I mean, and I'm trying to not to be like overwhelming in that matter, because mm-hmm. even for me, there's still some things that I'm still learning, but the basis of it is 
I think that that would make sense for anybody that's listening is that you essentially create like almost like your own little economy. It's almost, and I think Gary Vaynerchuk, who's really big into this right now, um, he's like, you can, you basically create your own IP, like your mm-hmm. own, like you are the intellectual property. So like when you sell, like he'll do NFT drops or non-fungible tokens, which I used to think is like, why is that people buying all, spending all this money on a JPEG of a dog? Well, it's because it has utility to it. Like you, if I own that and that's in my wallet, you know, I can get into events that they're hosting only if I have that in my wallet. So I get access to things and it it's uh so with this whole like again like kind of this whole economy that he's creating and i'm using him as an example because he's right. actually a really good person to look at um you know i'm able to get access to the things that he does by buying the coin and the coin right. is what supports everything that he does in his community um so the more he supports and the more valuable he makes it the more people are going to want to buy the coin but from a consumer standpoint like me as a person that bought it I paid, I got, I paid $120. I got five Gary coin. I go into his discord. It just connects my, 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 I, they use a, a, a platform called rally, which mm-hmm. is like the underlying asset that, that gives the value. Um, so you get rally and then rally connects to your discord. So I just put in like a little, it's like putting like forward slash join coin or something like that. And I did that and it just read my wallet and said, oh, you got the five Gary coin. And it's like all an automated process. Mm-hmm. And it moves me into all these tiers of advancement. And so it's like now I've got access to him even more. And uh, and I've got an asset to get in. And it's actually yielding me money because I get a stake off of rally every week. So it's creating passive income for me. So it's like, imagine, like I look at this, like why would anybody ever use fiat anymore to go to to enroll into these things because with fiat when you pay the money it's gone it's an expense with this you're buying an asset that can grow over time if you want to get out you could sell it if you um it's also yielding just like an interest rate would yield so Mm -hmm. yielding more assets for you and uh I mean, yeah. And, and also the other thing too, anybody else in that community, if they buy more of those assets, it's like, that's like the ultimate raising of the wave or raising yeah, of the, the value goes the up, the more people that get in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, if, if, if like, which beats the crap out of affiliate marketing, yeah. because it's like, yeah, anybody that comes in, like, I'm always going to win. So it's like, everybody's winning in that, in that situation. So it's really interesting. And like, I, I'm, I'm again, full disclosure, I'm very new to mm-hmm. learning about this. So um, I might not have, <coughs> excuse me, I might not have the answers to all the questions about how this works, but I am like aggressively learning more because I'm so intrigued by it. And, and I believe, I do believe that this is, you know, my macro belief is I do believe that this is the modern economy. This web three mm-hmm. is the future. And I think that focusing on understanding what it is and how it works now today, when it's still very new, um, it's, it's in its infant years. This is, yeah. this is, uh, this, this is, is not, the pioneer time. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the time where the people who decided to really dive into this early and, and become familiar with it, when it does hit mainstream even more, 
they're going to be sitting in a very good place in life, I believe. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I'm just I'm listening to what you're saying, and I hadn't really heard anything of this. Like I know about Bitcoin and that type of stuff a little bit, but just yeah. even from my sales mind and business background, I can see how this could be used in my limited. We've had what a five ten minute conversation on it. What happens mm-hmm. when people younger than you and I? Because again, we are a little bit older. They are used to being on the internet. They're they're engulfed in this world. That's probably where we're going to have to go to get them. So this, like you said, it's like the revolution of, you know, maybe one day there'll be a Jake coin and a Joe coin. I'm just making that up. You'll probably have a better name than Jake coin. Maybe not. Maybe you like Jake coin, but you know, it just, it makes sense. Cause I was just thinking of like the exclusive clubs or the different parties that people want to be a part of Well, now you can get access, but it still has value like gold would compared to just paper money. Once you pay, it's gone. So that is intriguing. Yeah. How did you even get into that? How did you find out about that? Did you just stumble on it or? Um, it, it started showing up everywhere around me. And uh, there were just people in my network that like, there was one guy in my network like last year. And I'm, I've been, you know, acquainted with him for a year or over a year now. And um, actually, <coughs> excuse me, I had him on my podcast. So this is like not like a random person. This is like somebody I, I know. Um, he got into trading and had done like started with eighty dollars trading. Like they call them shit coins. Sorry, I'm gonna fucking. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're good. It's okay. You're but, good. Uh, they call them shit coins, and uh, but he just had a methodology on how to audit them and turn eighty dollars into over ten million in less than a year. Oh wow! Trading these coins, getting like 400, 500x, super, 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 super risky stuff. Like mm-hmm. you really got to know what you're doing. But he used to trade like he used to do like I think he did that day trading on penny mm-hmm. stocks. So I like saw that and I'm like, and he got a lot of attention for that. And then, um, and then there were some other people like there's another guy who I personally follow named Nick Peterson, and he's got he's that's actually where I do a lot of my staking, my yield farming is through his platform because it's safe and the returns like I'm getting, you know, 570 percent APR on my 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 investment through mm-hmm. staking on his exchange. So I was like, you know, wow, that's that's significant. And it seems, you know, I've done like all my homework looking at, you know, his audits and everything. Everything looks safe here. Obviously, there's always a risk, you know, you know, not financial yeah. advice. You always I was about to say, yeah. Full disclosure, yeah. we're talking about some <laughs> new technology. We're not yeah. condoning or telling anyone to do this. All this stuff has risk. Yes. Like I used to sell oil and gas investments to the top 5%. Mm-hmm. They had to be accredited. Um Super high risk, but super high reward. Like Jake is yep. saying, do your homework. Look into it before you just, someone says, hey, give me five grand. Don't do that. Do your research. Know what you're talking about. And, you know, connect with people that can help you. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. That way, if someone listens and says, Jake and Joe, no, we did not. We said, do your research. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Super important disclosure there. Um, and even like with, uh, you know, Nick, who I was following, he, you know, very knowledgeable. I mean, I spent a considerable amount of time researching him before I even did any investment into his, his ecosystem. Um, for that reason, for exactly you do, because if you, and if you don't, if you don't do your research, if you just ate money into, you know, some, some big thing that you think is just going to like make you rich, you're going to get wrecked. Like you're going to get wrecked. And, um, not financial advice. That's just life advice. <laughs> yeah. Doing that will, 
will get you wrecked. Um, so you need to learn, but, but I, I think that, you know, going back to answer your question, I just had been exploring through my network, um, just continue to explore it. And the more I explored it, the more I bought into it. And, you know, with anything, like when you understand something and you, the more you understand it, the more you can believe in it, the more you, mm-hmm. you are confident in it. Um, but it is a very, very deep space of, uh, of, of activity and opportunity. There's a lot there. Like you start going down that road, you know, it's, a uh, you know, bring your, uh, bring your camping supplies. Cause you're going to, you're going to be, be there, there for, for a while. while. Yeah. You'll be there for a while and you might need to stay overnight somewhere, bring an extra set of clothes. <laughs> Cause it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a deep, it's a deep space and there's a lot to learn. Um, uh, and it can be very rewarding if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and something I wanted to mention there, cause you said I had him in my network. So I kind of want to shift there a little bit and talk a little bit more about networking as well, because what I have found for me is network matters. And, you know, you always hear the cliche, your network is your network. It's true, but really that's just, you know, leveling up and connecting with the right people. But I've found for me with my network it's opened up a ton of opportunities because of the people I'm starting to hang out with the events I'm starting to go to how important has networking been to you? I mean, with this one thing for sure, but I'm assuming in other areas as well. Oh my gosh. My whole, I mean, my, my first business, uh, the whole business was built off networking. So I'll, I'll use, I'll use, cause the first, my, my lighting company was a, is a really good example of that special events industry, especially. And it's funny because, cause this was like brick and mortar days for me. And I wasn't really online very much. Uh, I, I mean, I had like a Facebook page that mm-hmm. barely updated and whatever, but the way I grew my business was I would go to venues. I would speak with event planners, uh, catering is big for is like venues, planners, caterers, and rental companies. And, uh, what I would do is I would, um, collaborate with them and create basically strategic partnerships. It's like, Mm -hmm. listen, I'm the lighting company. I can help you out. And in this, this capacity. And then from there, um, you know, we can develop this relationship. So, everything. That's how I built my business. I didn't, I didn't have like social media content or any of this fancy tech stuff. It was roll up the sleeves, go out and talk to people and build relationships and put together, you know, ways that we can work together. So like with venues, I I had this like little pad folio that I took photos of before and after and different portfolio shots of their, of their space when it was lit to show the transformation. So, you know, when it came time, you'll, you'll appreciate this as a salesperson, when, you know, cause that's how I got my sale. It's like the, the clients would show up to the venue mm-hmm. and the venue. So the venue was like the first line of defense or first one, they were the first in line. So, you know, when they would do the walkthroughs and talk about space, they would have questions and the venue would naturally, naturally the topic or the, like, what are we going to do for your decor and set right. up? Yep. Well, we really want to do something about the lighting in here. Who do you recommend? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, here's the company we recommend. So I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about like that exchange of recommendation. Like I want to make it as easy as possible for them to recommend my company in that moment. So I would think about that point in time and say, what could I do to stand out? Cause there, I had a couple competitors. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody like super direct. We were very specialized, but I did have competitors. There wasn't right. just my card being thrown in the mix. It was mine and maybe one or two others. 
And uh, this is something I think is really important for people to think about too in sales, like, especially in that like exchange, like when that, like, what does a referral look like? Like, what does that conversation Mm -hmm. look like when people refer you? So I was like, all right, this is what I'll do. Instead of giving them a card, a business card, I'll give them this like little pad folio and I'll put all, it's like, why don't you open it up? Like the, the video starts playing inside and it shows like a little slideshow of the, uh, the room and then different uh-huh. photos. And then nice. on the left side, had a little pocket where they can take a takeaway. And it's like, okay, you give that to a client and they didn't, they didn't keep it. They held on to it, looked at it, took the takeaway and left, or you give them a card, which one's going to get more attention. Right. Obviously the one that's showing the portfolio and the thing that they want to see. So it was like, that made the venue look more like prepared and like, like it made them look good to the client because, Mm -hmm. and they loved it. They were like, this is so great. This makes our presentations go better. They get excited when they can see the room transformed. And obviously for us, you know, we're winning because we're getting the business and they're sending it to us and we're, and we're collectively working together to take care of the client. So like that, that business taught me so much about relationships and how to cultivate them in a way where you can have success from it by helping somebody else be successful. Yeah. So, and I liked what you did there though. Cause when you said that you're like, look, you could give the card out or you can put a little bit more work into it, but it's so much open the referral for you because you had that special little thing you could give them. And then it took it, made it a lot easier to be like, okay, cool. Yeah. You saw my portfolio. Do you want to do business then? Well, if you just had that card there, now you had to still build all that value. You were building value right from the beginning of the relationship. I thought that was a key, key thing. I wanted people to make sure they didn't miss in what you were saying there. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So now, and I think this is something I've thought about now with networking and all, because I'm just a natural networker. Like I just do that. I connect people. I network with people. I've been doing sales for 15 years. And I'm thinking now with the events you can go to and even the presence you have online, if you do it right, you can build business online, whatever business you want, as long as you keep people first and make sure that mm-hmm. they realize they're important to you, that you're taking care of them. And I think that's the biggest thing I see most businesses mess up on because they focus either on getting the sale or getting this or getting this or that right. But if you get the relationship with your people right, yeah, the sky's the limit. And then it gives you that access. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny about online like when I came online, like I was very new to, uh, to just content creation. Like I never posted on Facebook or anything. I was just kind of more of a, I just went in to check to see what, what was going on in people's lives really more than anything. Mm -hmm. And then going from that to like being more active and creating content and putting things out there and like really working, you know, the, the communities and getting to know people, et cetera, et cetera. One thing I noticed is, uh, um, people not everybody, but it, there is this tendency where it's easy to kind of like, I don't see, I mean, how I want to say this when you, when you're not actually like face to face to somebody and it's in, in the interaction is, is based on a, on text, an emoji or mm-hmm. some GIF or whatever on a feed, it, it removes a lot of that human element. Right. And I think I think it can all, I think it alters how people communicate too. Mm -hmm. So you have to remember, like, this is a good litmus test. Like if somebody is, if you're online and you're about to put out a piece of content, um, ask yourself, like, would I say, would I talk like this to somebody in real life or would I communicate? Like if, if they were standing right in front of me, is this how I would talk to them? Mm -hmm. You might find some situations where you're going to go, 
No, I would never, I would, I would never talk to somebody like that. I would right. never interact with somebody like that in real life. Well, then don't do it online because that's how it's going to feel for them. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> that's how it's going to come <laughs> off. Like treat them like a freaking real human being. Like mm -hmm. that's, you know, because if you don't and you try to treat them like they're just some profile on a newsfeed, they're going to, uh, uh, they're, 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 it's going to come off like poor and they're not going to, yeah. it's not going to be receptive and they're yeah, not going they're to drop lean into you. Yeah. Yeah. They're exactly. going to totally drop you. Yeah. I've, I've noticed now, because like I said, I've been in this space, even starting to do anything business wise since May of last year. That's when I started everything up. And before then I was on people's podcasts and doing different things. And I would interact with people that I connected with that I felt had a relationship and we were talking to you there, but there's so many different fake things. So if you're at a spot, don't try to be something you're not. You know, people like genuine and real more than the glam, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing people need to realize. You don't have to be like the big Grant Cardone's or the Gary V's. And I like Gary, don't take that wrong. Just, but you know, you, you're not yeah. there yet. Be you because you'll draw your tribe. You'll draw your people. If you try to be someone else, you can draw people that you really aren't connecting with. And then you're not going to get them to buy from you anyway, because there's no connection. And you got a you got an advantage over the big guys too, the big the Gary V's and the big influencers because when you're one thing they can't do that you can do is is give them individualized attention. You know I can't right. call it Gary V, and I can't I can't if I I can't hit him up in Messenger and have him respond back to me, but you can, you know, and you can offer that support that they can't or he never would be able to. So you know don't forget when when it comes to. Um, you know, there is, and there can be that comparison sometimes of like looking at some of these bigger people and thinking like, how do I compete with that? It's like, man, you've got a huge competitive advantage. Yeah. And that's called individual attention, which that's sometimes that's just all what people want. They just want people to hear them. They want people to listen to them and help them figure stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's totally really like it. with my coaching, with what I'm doing, nine times out of 10, the person really knows what they want to do. They just need to have someone hold space for them. They need to have maybe a mm -hmm. little bit of a different angle. So yeah, that makes sense. Maybe try this, but most of the time it's just confirming to them, letting them talk it out from someone that doesn't have a vested interest. And I found with yeah. doing that, it's just like you said, that, that opens the door where you don't have the, maybe the following of Gary B, but you can go so much deeper and help them so much more. And for me, impact matters more than anything else. Like mm. my day job covers my bills. Do I want to build my business? Yes. Do I want to make it big? Yes. But really I want to impact people and help people. That that's my goal. Yeah. And like for meeting you, in fact, I don't even know where did, how did we connect? I think we have so many different friends. I don't I even think it was remember. through, I, I believe it was through George's lighthouse group. Well, I was friends with you before that because I recognized you when I came in. We might have, you know, it might be I network a lot and I connected with you somehow. Then when I got into George's group, I'm like, hey, I know Jay. Oh, yeah, I know yeah, that, yeah. but I don't remember exactly where. Dude, I have like 5,000 friends. I know. So, I don't I don't ever remember where they start either. It's funny. It, it's it's funny how that works, actually. No, because there are some people that um, actually one of my really good friends who who's who, who I'm actually collaborating quite a bit with in this like whole Web3 thing. Um, I have no idea how him and I got connected and he's like one of my best friends. <laughs> I have no yeah. idea how we got connected or how we met. It was just like there. And then he started like commenting on some stuff and he sent me a message on messenger. And then we just, you know, well, he's just been my like online partner in crime ever since. But I think Funny. it's, 
I think it's when you do what you need to do and you're genuine and real and you reach out to different people, those connections just happen. Like I ran yeah. into George through someone that I don't even really interact with now, but like it just, they mm-hmm. were in my life for a season. They're a great person. Again, not being negative, but now it's like, you know, it led me to doing stuff with George, which is great, which I would just went to the event in Montana and I met like 40 to 50 other really cool people and made great connections. I know you just went to another event in Montana, um, yeah. Flagner fail. His mm-hmm. name is slipping my mind and he's Rob, Rob, Rob Bailey. Like, yeah. I, I wanted yeah. to say kill Rob Bailey. Cause that was like <laughs> the podcast thing. But I, yeah. I found that like, I'm loving that the world is opening back up a little bit and we're being able to go and do events again. Like for me, that yeah. was just fun. It's yeah, it's huge that, that there's nothing, there's nothing. I don't care. You know what VR world that'll be created in the May the verse and the da 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 da. And everything we do on uh, online, it's, which is actually the, the technology, love it or hate it, is it has done some remarkable things in terms yeah. of creating opportunity. Um, of course, there's abuse of it. That is another story. But um, but you'll never that none of that stuff is as amazing as it is will never replace just good old fashioned being there with somebody in real yep. life, shaking a hand, giving a hug you know, just vibing off each other's energy, having like that. You can't replace that. There's nothing that can replace that. I almost think, cause now, now we're going to go into my sci-fi nerd stuff. I almost think that people in the future, the rebels are going to be the ones that they go and meet in person instead of doing all the online thing and everything, they're going to go <laughs> and have a cup of coffee or a cigar or whatever it is that they want. And this little old speakeasy type club and dressed up and just different stuff, just because, you know, and like, the world does that we go one way with technology then people want to go back a little bit and it's just but i yeah we can't lose that human connection or touch that that if we do it's gonna suck i i hope you're wrong i but a part of me thinks you're right about that like the thought of like that being that people are so sucked into technology and they're like in their little VR world mm-hmm. that going out and actually talking to somebody, meeting somebody is, is the exception, not the rule. It's like, whoa, that, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong that. too. I do write a little bit of fantasy and sci-fi. So it might just be my brain's going, Woo-doo-doo-doo. but I don't know. I just always like looking at all the different angles, but you know, yeah. That's why I'm liking the events again. Cause going and sitting and meeting and like you said, hugging and talking and just, engaging with people that are like-minded you can do it online mm. but getting into an event and a group together is yeah. so much more and then they get you to do crazy stuff because like when i was at george's event uh jake blanchard and a few other guys talked me into doing a cold plunge so i was in the water <laughs> for five minutes i was going to be in the water for a minute but because they were there with me and talked me through it once i got past the 90 seconds i was good i mm. think you did a cold plunge while you were up in montana as well I videoed a cold plunge. You videoed I it. Oh, yeah, you did. I, I, I saw I, the video. Yeah, I it was uh I was with a group of people. I would have done it. I have done cold water therapy. Mm-hmm. Um I just uh I just didn't have like I didn't know that people were doing that because we yeah. went on a hike and they're like, Oh yeah, we're getting on our whatever and we got towels and stuff. And I'm like, number one, I don't have that. Number two, I'm just not mentally ready to like jump. Yeah. Like I just don't feel like <laughs> I you. But, you have to but, be mentally ready. I'm with yeah. You. I just wasn't, yeah, I wasn't prepared for that, but, um, 
yeah, there's like a lot of there's a lot of benefits to, to that. That's a that's a that's a podcast topic in itself right yeah. there. Well, <laughs> maybe one. we'll have to have you come back and we'll do a podcast on like, you know, self-help, cold therapy, leveling yeah. up mindset. I mean, because I, there's so many different topics and ways we could go with this and all. But like, I'm liking the way we're going with it just today with yeah. like learning the new stuff and all because now you have me thinking about and I'm going to go look at this new online world of web three, because I didn't know really much about it. So. I'll, you know, I'll tell you what I, if, if you want to take, cause the, there was a recent pot and, and like, especially like in the creator side, cause I've mainly been looking at it from a, um, from more of a, uh, uh, investment side. Mm-hmm. And then recently I was thinking about how this works within like the creator economy, and there was a podcast episode with Gary Henderson that just like blew my mind. I will, um, I will give you the link to that. And if you want to drop yeah, it in the, drop show in the notes, show notes for, sure. you know, for yeah. anybody that wants to check it out, um, it's with Matt Wolf and Joe Fear of Hustle and Flow Charts. It's on their podcast. Oh, sweet. I just, those guys, the, yeah. yeah, those guys are now being in that's they completely shifted their whole business to that now. I guess that's all they focus crazy. on is Web3. I literally yeah. heard them on, uh, again, George Bryant's podcast today. Yeah. I was listening to it when I was driving into work. I had never heard yeah, of they, them. I know they're big. I just, I, I just, there's so many different people out there. You just don't always get them, but that's crazy. Yeah. They're good guys. And then they've got a great show. Um, but they've, they completely like scraped everything down to the bare bones and they're like, we're building in web three. They got a discord. They're going to be launching a coin, I believe. Um, mm-hmm for their community they're creating their own economy just like and they had gary on and gary man be ready to have your mind blown like really like i would listen to this uh, i would listen to this podcast episode twice actually like if like just listen to it once mm-hmm. you know how it is like you rewatch a movie you're like oh yep. i didn't pick up on that part yeah do that with this one and it'll it'll completely shift like the thing that like came to cross my mind when i listened is like oh my gosh this makes like the way i'm hearing this the way i understand it like, why would anybody ever use fiat to like pay for people's services anymore? <laughs> it it sounds unreal. Sense. It doesn't <laughs> it does, make sense anymore. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, it's like, why, why, why would I like make this an expense when I can just buy an asset and still get the same thing? Well, and the thing is, is that this is still so super new. Like, yeah. I know it's just starting, but like you said, it's, it's very new in a lot of ways. So if people get in now, just like, oh, I wish we'd have gotten into, coca-cola stock way way back when it made you know sold 25 bottles or something you know it's the same yeah. kind of thing yeah and i and I, I it's it's a i think just the whole way the whole like the whole world or the whole space works together is really mm-hmm. intriguing to me um because everything can like tie back to some some value some something of value and anyway i can i can i, I can go down it's like I'm finding myself going down this like really deep explanation of like liquidity pools and how, you know, how that works with valuation of coins and networks and blockchain. And like the really like I would spend like if somebody really wants to learn about it, I would listen to that podcast episode just to kind of get your wheels turning a little bit. But then I would actually go out and find just learn the fundamentals, learn a lot. It is like speaking a new language mm-hmm. too. Is There's a lot of terminology and a lot of things like you need to learn the language of it. Like, so I would learn to like, if that's a space you really want to get into, I would spend some time to learn the language. 
Um, I would find like one or two really good projects that you can focus on. Like for me, it's the Wolf Den um, with Nick Peterson. That's where I'm doing a lot of my farming and staking and his ecosystem. Um, he's getting people's treasury set up like on his play, like companies are parking their treasuries mm-hmm. and which, which, and this is something he announces publicly. So it's, I mean, I don't know anything private anyway, but I mean, he's talking like hundreds of millions of dollars that are moving over to these treasuries in this yeah. platform he's created. So this is like, this is a big, this is big, big stuff that he's doing. Mm-hmm. So that's a big project I'm following. I'm paying attention to it. And then what Gary's doing, because that's more like, how can that individual creator, that influencer, thought leader, coach, consultant, what have you, how can they build communities that work within this like economy this like little micro small economy that they can create with their communities that that's how they support and you can make a living off of it so those are like the two projects i'm really focused and that's what i would recommend is like find like one or two projects that really interest you mm-hmm. um maybe it's those shoot those are really good ones go after those good people look at the people behind it and um and just and just focus on them like don't get involved in like, like hundreds of projects or trying to yeah you know, you'll overwhelm yourself. Just pick one or two things and learn about what they do, follow their content, get in their community and be part of it. And that's the best way to get started learning some. Yeah. And I think that's a good advice for anything you do. Like from like, if you look at people that have made money in the stock market in business and whatever, they did the research, they knew what they were doing. They studied it. They got connected with people. And then when they made the investment, they knew what they were going into. So it's risk, but it's Mm -hmm. mitigated risk. So that makes sense. We have talked about a whole bunch. Are there any other parting words you have for my audience? Uh, It can be on podcasting, on mindset, on Web3, whatever you want. Uh, I mean, I just think that, you know, always seek alignment with what you do. If you're out of alignment, figure out why you're out of alignment and readjust. I mean, that's a... Uh, keep things simple. <laughs> simple is uh, simple can be boring, but in complexity can be sexy and and fun. But simple is is scalable. Simple gets results the quickest. Simple, um, there's peace of mind. Uh, you know, always hold space for yourself to simplify things in life. Um, I think is is something important. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that I could speak on in terms of there's a lot there. there I've, I've had, you know, I'm 37 now. Um, I've had, you know, a fair amount just just through the past 10 years. I've had a lot of experiences in business and, you know, selling a company, growing a company. Um, and then there's, you know, the other thing, too. And this this is I'll leave other people with this because I, I know we kind of talked about this for a little bit when we were talking about the influencers like mm-hmm. Gary B and the big people. There's always going to be people who are further ahead than you. And there's always people who are going to be behind you. So just be focused on you and where you're at and know where that is and, and, and love it and accept it and say, you know, like when I was in Montana, I'm looking at what Rob had built. Rob is my age and he's like way further along than I am. And there was a part of me that was just like, like, man, I wish, you know, if I would have started this time doing this, I could probably yeah. be where Rob is right now. And it's like, but, but you didn't and you are here right now so mm-hmm. what are you going to do are you going to just keep thinking that or are you going to do things now to you know to continue building so it's never too late you know always just be present with yourself and don't get caught up in too many comparisons that hold you back compare yourself to people to lift you up not to hold you back so yeah. that's um, amazing and a positive so that would be my parting words and uh yeah joe this is great i appreciate the conversation if you ever 
want to have me back on, man. I'm, I'd love to. I enjoy talking with you and um, this has been fun. Yeah, no, I've loved having you on, Jake. We'll definitely have to do a round two. Um, yeah, I appreciate you, man. This has been really cool because I got to know you a little bit more about stuff I didn't know because I was like, well, what are we going to talk about? Because I knew you did podcasting and certain things and it just kind of opened up into a whole new world. So I appreciate you being on my show. Yeah. And for everyone listening, thank you again for listening to the 150K podcast where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Um, go out, shed or share the message, send this to your friends, family, people that could uh, you know benefit from it. If you can also go and like, comment, and post on Apple, Spotify, wherever you do your podcast, I would love to hear from you. And until next time, be you, be present, and just trust your process.